Welcome to the Startup Fashion Week Front Row Podcast, where we give listeners exclusive content inside the crazy world of fashion. My name is Jody Goodfellow, founder and executive producer of Startup Fashion Week, and today we're going to chat with a Montreal-based entrepreneur. If you are an on-the-go kind of person, then you will definitely appreciate getting to know today's guest, Rita, founder of Victory Fit. We are going to chat about the Canadian fashion industry, the craziness of running a small business, and of course, health and wellness. So first, let's get to know Rita. Hi, Rita. How are you? Hi, I'm good. And yourself? I'm great. Thanks for joining us on the Front Row Podcast. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited to be here. Amazing. So first of all, I want to ask you, because you're running this business, um, you know, and it, it does involve the fashion industry, do you have a background in fashion or even business? Yeah, well, business, yes, because I went to John Molson um, Concordia here in Montreal, okay. and I, I had a bachelor's in management, and I had that in mind, management, so that I'll one day have my own business, my own gym. So that, yes, I have a background in business, but fashion, not really, but I used to flip through Vogue, Vanity Fair all the time when I was little, and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed, like, reading, even though sometimes there wasn't much to read, I was still enjoying those. Well, thing. It's such a visual um, industry, right? And I think everybody has an appreciation at some level for the yeah. history of fashion, and certainly we all get inspired by looking at you know, different publications and things like that, for sure. I agree. I mean, who didn't, yeah. you know, grow up looking through magazines and stuff? Yeah, and I used to watch fashion television. Um, and I used to, like, I'm always the first one to remember someone's outfit, like what they wore that night or something. Or that's how I remember someone. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that's a good way to remember, for sure. Um, So you also are a certified fitness trainer, if I'm not mistaken, and a licensed naturopath from Montreal. So how Mm -hmm. important is health and wellness in Montreal? Uh, It's a big thing. Here in Montreal, um, most of the fitness studios, yoga studios are all in Montreal. I'm outside Montreal, so I built my clientele here. I kind of found that there wasn't too much in fitness. Um, There's not as many gyms. So I thought it was a good place to start and have my own gym in the near future very soon. And um, fitness and wellness is like the top for me, a very important priority that I like to help people with. And um, yeah, I think it's really important for people to, you know, be in tune with themselves because I find a lot of people are disconnected these days from themselves. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so tell us a little bit maybe about your background as a fitness trainer or a naturopath. Like, how did that actually come about? Yeah, well, um, ever since I was young, I was doing figure skating. And then when I stopped, I didn't stop because um, I wanted to. It was my parents. They were just like, okay, now it's time to stop and focus on college. So that's just how it went. I just went to college and I'm like, okay, let's stop figure skating. And um, then I just like had to find something else to do, like something else physically. And I like discovered the gym. I was 18 and I really liked it. And I got certified at a really young age with a bunch of macho guys. <laughs> and then it was very like intimidating a bit, I guess, but I liked it. And I never like, I really liked the gym environment. I felt good. And I felt like myself and I always feel great when I give a class or when I train someone. So I was like, if this is how it feels to like do what you love, then I want more. So I always kept doing personal training on the side up until like last year where I went like full-time entrepreneur, self-employed. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And so every, what I've learned is, um, you know, when I'm talking to different people in business is that everybody's journey is so different, but what I can say is that everyone always has twists and turns that they don't really expect, right? To bring them to a place of where they are. Um, yeah. So that's really interesting. And what's interesting is how, you know, your experience in fitness and health has led you into your newest endeavor, um, Victory Fit. So tell us yeah. a little bit about Victory Fit. How did you come up with the concept? What exactly is the brand? Um, tell our audience what what we need to know about Victory Fit. Yeah, Victory Fit is my company name. So I have a trademark with it. Um, Victor is my last name. Rita is my first name. So I like put the two together, Victory Fit. Um, And 
yeah, it's just a whole brand of health, fitness, wellness, and now the extension of Victory Fit Athletics with the bags. So my totes, the functional totes that I launched, that um, pre-launched in April, April 2019, uh, not 2019, <laughs> April 2020. It's been a long year. I know it feels like yeah. it's been a whole year. <laughs> Yeah, 2020 has felt long. <laughs> so basically, April 20th, 2020, I pre-launched. And um, yeah, it went really well. They're in production right now. So Victory Fit is really like the, let's say like the, the mother company. And then there's Victory Centric. There's my Pilates Eccentric class. And then there's Victory Fit Athletics, the totes, the bags. Oh, that's so cool. So I have so many questions. Um, so first, actually, um, I really am impressed that you said that you trademarked your, your business name. A lot of people in the fashion industry don't actually do that approach until much later. Um, they avoid that step because of the cost, but um, I'm proud that you actually did that. So I think that's really wonderful. Um, yeah. You know, how did you how did you learn that that was like the right step to take at the beginning? Mm -hmm. Well, last year I did this. I did all of this last year, so 2019. <laughs> so like, yeah, last year was 2019. It's so weird. But um, yeah, I did it all last year. And it takes a while to get a trademark go through. But I did it because I knew that like I wanted my company to be big one day. And I have to protect it. Yeah. So I have to get the trademark in, even though like, I think now we're in the stage where it's going to be approved, but it has to be published. So everyone has to see it. And then if they have something that if there's any like, dispute, they'll it. come back to you. Yeah, exactly. It's a long yeah. process, but it is worth it. I think. Yeah. It's been a year now. It's still not completely done, but it's almost there, almost approved. That's and awesome. it's really important to do that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So victory fit. Um, would you say that the brand victory fit is for men or for women, or is it genderless? How would you describe it? Yeah, I think I've always struggled a bit with that because I don't want to train just women. I feel like men can also benefit from me. I do really well with men too. It's really fun to train men. It's just that um, obviously I'm a girl and women are my, like, it's my main, my, my majority of my clientele is women, especially like premenopausal, menopausal women. So I have a specific um, niche. Group? Okay. But I like training men. If it's more athletes and men that have a specific goal, I love doing that too. Oh, that's cool. Amazing. So you you described that you have athletic tote bags. Um, and mm -hmm. that's basically the first product I think that you're actually launching within that brand. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It's the first collection, the three totes. Yeah. Three different styles of totes. Um, yeah. that's cool. So what, what makes, um, these totes unique? Like what, what do you think really is the selling factor of these totes specifically? Yeah. The selling factor I believe is the functionality because I had women saw it, my clients, uh, just strangers too. They're like, wow, there's a pocket for your cell phone in the front. So because it's so easy access you just drop your cell phone in it and when you need it right away you don't have to go in search for it in your bag dig around right yeah yeah <laughs> dig around. so there's a pocket right in the front to slip your cell phone in and the key the key holder too so there's a clip in where you can clip your car keys too so you don't okay. lose when you're about to leave to go to your car so okay. functionality and look like the design. So those are the two things that I never found in gym bags. And because this collection is really like a solution to a problem that I had with okay. gym bags. So it's really like- and That's usually how businesses kind of start, right? Like people yeah. realize that there is something missing and so they get inspired mm -hmm. to actually create. I think that's awesome. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and so you're saying it is like an athletic bag. So like, just to be clear, um, it is mainly for the purpose of people who are busy, they go to the gym. Is that correct? Yeah. People that are on the go. So, um, busy women on the run that are going to work, that are going to a client meetings, that are going to, you know, school and then the gym and then yoga, like all of that. And one day shopping, travel, you could do all of that. 
And I feel like that kind of describes like most people, especially in urban places, you know, um, mm-hmm. in cities, like I live in Toronto and um, that definitely describes my lifestyle, right? It describes yeah. most lifestyles of people in the city, I think. And um, so, yeah, yeah I, I, I agree. I think that's, that's definitely a great um, product to, to introduce, I think, to mm-hmm. your world, especially since you're already connected to the fitness world. Um, I'm curious though, like, because right now there's a lot of attention on, um, how things are made and how things are sourced, would you say that your, your brand, your athletic totes are made ethically? Ethically, I would say yes, because I'm really close to my manufacturer. I've never thought like this guy, I don't know how it happened, but like, I was just Google searching like crazy for manufacturers last year okay. and I found this guy in um Guangzhou and he's really really nice and super like every time I speak to him it's like he answers really fast and we speak on video call he shows me around the manufacturing place I get to see transparent there's a lot of transparency then yeah I've heard so many like nightmares of manufacturers too so this guy's like legitimate so that was really nice and he's really cool he really made sure that like I understand everything properly that goes through and every questions I had were answered. Absolutely. And I know from talking to a lot of um, people in the industry here in Canada, there's a lot of frustration about, um, you know, a lot of people or consumers want, you know, products to be made in Canada. But yeah. a lot of, you know, designers have told me that it's so difficult to find manufacturers and to source the right people and to source the right you know equipment and everything else like did you come across that same issue yes I really wanted to make it in Canada and I had my Quebec sample made in Quebec like in Canada but it was not good the quality was not there really Um, the bag fell apart yeah the bag fell apart in like three months um I was using it too I was using it testing it and yeah, just the zipper quality, the way they were sewing it was nothing compared to when I went overseas. And so that you would think like there's, you know, Montreal especially is known for the quality or and the history of fashion in Canada. Yeah. So you would think that they would have things, you know, that are obviously up to date and up to speed in terms of quality. Um, so, but you're saying that based on your experience, you were able to find like better quality um Mm -hmm. production elsewhere yeah yeah Yeah. it's unfortunate because um there is a street here in montreal called chabanel and that's where all the the like the the sewing companies the 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 textile stores are all there but if you go there now it's almost like a ghost town it's almost all gone what's left matt and matt is still there their headquarters um there isn't much more than matt and matt and a few other design companies. Wow, that's so sad. Why do you think that's changed? Yeah, I think because everyone moved uh, internationally. Like, that's where all the experts are, or they were bought out by an international brand um, that are, you know, that are better. Like, to be honest, like, the experts, to me, are really not here in Montreal. And it does cost an arm and a leg to get something done, even a sample. So I was... I keep hearing that, too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And also another thing that I keep hearing is like how long it takes to actually create a sellable product. And you were saying that obviously you went through, you know, different iterations of, of what you were trying to create. So how long did it take you to come up with an actual sellable product? An actual sellable product. It took me, um, I don't think it took that long since I did everything from scratch last year, end of 2018, all of 2019. And then I pre-launched April, 2020. Okay. Um, that's but, a amount of time. Like that's still took yeah. a, a yeah, that's so, of time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a lot, of, there was a lot of mistakes there. A lot of money wasted too. A lot of graphic right. designers that I collaborated with to make the tech packs. Because when you make okay. a, any, any clothing line or bag, you need a tech pack. So and can you I, describe for our audience who may not know what a tech pack is? Um, what is a tech pack? It's like, it could be a Photoshop um, a drawing of your bag. It could be like a, um, 
a written drawing too of the bag so that the the real creator the bag maker or the the clothing line maker gets to see gets to look at the blue it's like a blueprint okay and, um, yeah so i had a few graphic designers i worked with to do it but a lot of them were you know a few i worked with one that was traveling internationally and didn't finish anything and i gave money and it was just a disaster for that. And then I found the right ones here, actually, and someone that I, I know very well. So she was very helpful with that. Okay, amazing. That's yeah. really cool. So being that you had your soft launch um, this year, so back in April, that's not that long ago. Um, what kind of marketing strategies have you tried to implement so far? to create yeah. that initial brand awareness? Or did you even start that process before you did your soft launch? Yeah, um, I really like marketing though. That was something I really had a lot of fun with. I did think about it a lot last year. I was like, how am I gonna launch properly? Am I gonna use um, crowdfunding? Am I gonna go out on the streets? And this was like during COVID, right? So I was like, okay, crowdfunding would be a good idea because everyone's online. Sure. No one can really go out. But Crowdfunding takes a lot of time and marketing too. Once you do it, like you can't just let it sit. You have to promote it a lot. And That's I didn't. True. Yeah, yeah, I agree. A lot of people, I think, have this misunderstanding that you know, once you like put it out there to the world on the crowdfunding platform, that you yeah. just have to sit and wait for people to magically appear on mm -hmm. crowdfunding, you know, um, platform to find your your product and yeah. um, start placing orders, but it doesn't really work like that. I mean, just like anything else, you have to market and promote it like crazy. Like a lot, yeah. So um, what helped is that I have my clientele, like my, my clientele of women already in PT and personal training. Sure, yeah. Helped, I have my website. I just did the pre-launch on my website and Etsy too. Okay. Um, Etsy was good. Etsy is very clear and I liked it because it's very like for arts and crafts and clothing and little stuff. So I thought sure. it went well. And um, I did it mostly on social media. Social media was the biggest. Like social media marketing is everything to nowadays, right? So yeah. you have to. And then I did Facebook um, marketing too. Like Facebook, you can put price now on a product. So that was cool. Um, Instagram too, it helped. I did a whole week of pre launch and okay. it actually kicked off it started with a times square ad so that was fun and wow. that was That's yeah crazy. that was a company um that approached me and asked me if i want my my bags or my something of my brand to be in times square and i was like yes this is the time because i'm launching my bags this was amazing wow uh, Oh yeah. my goodness. That's, that's really cool. And so did you see a lot of reaction after that? Well, it was during COVID. So, and even the <laughs> CEO, yeah, the CEO went on the street of Times Square and took a video of the ad when it went on. Oh, it was wow. like a 5 p.m. Yeah. On Monday, April 20th. And there wasn't much people in the streets. I was like, oh my God, this is COVID. Everyone's wearing a mask and it's not Times Square, like the Times Square that I know. Right, yeah, but for sure. There was still people still went through and I get another date in September, okay. um, but it was a 15 second ad of my bags. Uh, like at the end, it said, get it at victoryfit.com. It was really cool and really nice. It was huge. And like that just made me feel like really good. I was like, hey, this Absolutely. is Absolutely, that's really, really cool. And yeah. um, do you find like that there's been a difference between all the different strategies you've used? Like, have you seen a higher success rate with one strategy over another? Um, I think what helps the most is when you relate your product to someone. Like that's okay. helped a lot. I had that whole week of my pre-launch, I had two days for moms. So you had okay. to it showed like how the bag can be a mom bag, like a diaper bag. Um, and then another day I had something for busy corporate women. So I used the black tote, the Kenya tote, to show how you can use it to travel and do all that. So I find that really helped, especially now, like when people feel like they're involved and you actually solve a problem that they currently yeah. have, that helps a lot. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really good point is not just showing like, hey, look at this cool thing that I just made. It's you got to figure out who actually would need it or want it and really yeah. get deeper and figure out how to relate to them in your marketing strategy. I think that's a really good point. That's great. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. it really helps. For sure. Yeah. So are you selling your products right now? Um, you said you're selling it on Etsy. You said that you mm-hmm. also launched your e-commerce platform where you're selling it as well. So yeah. are you planning to just keep it um, online or would you maybe consider approaching some, you know, gyms or other places that might um, make sense for you to sell? Like, you know, yeah. brick and mortar or, um, or other types of, you know, partnerships? Have you considered anything else? Um, yeah. Well, one thing about me is that I'm like a hundred percent self-made and I'm really into businesses that are local and you know, on local entrepreneurs that are like in the blood, sweat, and tears for their products. So I would never, you'll never see my bags on like the shelves of, you know, like sport experts or any sports store or anything. Like big box stores or anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, never. I did consider that too. And I was like, wait a second. I don't want 50% of my product to be given to a retailer. And I noticed that too now in COVID, like all the people or all the small businesses that gave their product to a retailer and they're all closed for three months. Like that's really unfortunate. Yeah. And a big, like something that you can't control. Absolutely. It's really sad to see that because it's, it's like money, like just there that's waiting. Sitting in inventory, right? Like it's not moving. It's yeah. And there's a lot of red tape. I think when you work with, you know, bigger corporations as well in terms of how, how it all works. Right. I've heard a lot of nightmare stories, so it's not yeah. always the best route to go. And, um, uh, mm-hmm. certainly it definitely can benefit some, some brands, but, um, if you've already identified that it's not really the route you want to go, I think that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I will collaborate though with like local gyms. That would be cool. Okay. Um, that would be cool. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so I'm curious also, like, why might someone um, invest in a Victoria, or sorry, in a Victory Fit tote? Um, like, other than, you know, the fact that you already mentioned, like, even moms, like, it might be great, um, a great bag to have for moms, busy moms, even for travel. Um, like how might you be able to translate that same bag that you would take to the gym and use it for a different purpose? How would I use it for a different purpose? Um, well, I think what's really cool is that, yeah, it's functional. It's for the gym, for yoga, yogis, um, Pilates girls, gym girls, but you can also use it like just a travel bag, a spa bag. So I brought it once to my sample that I had. I brought it to a spa. I was like, well, this is cool because it's all waterproof, the bag. And I have a removable drawstring bag on in each of the bags. So you can put your swimsuit in it. And it's That's not gonna- amazing. That's a really great, great, great like, key quality yeah. to have um, for swimmers. Mm-hmm. And even like you were saying, for even moms, right? Because yeah. goodness knows they're carrying all kinds of stuff. So- <laughs> Yeah, moms that's carry really cool. everything. Moms carry the world in their bags. So yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Um, and mm-hmm. so you were saying, obviously, like you're in Montreal. You're based in the Montreal area. Um, yeah. How can you describe the industry? And you already kind of touched on it earlier in terms of how it's changed a little bit. But what is the fashion industry like in Montreal? Like so far from what you've seen. Yeah, Montreal is very multicultural, so that's cool when it comes yeah. to restaurants, um, to different cultures. You know, there's different sectors like the Italian sector and like all that like, really cool stuff. And Montreal is very different and specific um, when it comes to the rest of Canada, so that's cool. And you also see that in the fashion too. For so sure. it does come out too in how, the, how people dress. There's different styles, different trends every season. I don't necessarily like all of them, but um, it is it does vary every season. So that's yeah. what's cool. It's nice to know that like there's certain brands like you like you know Matt and Ads is a Montreal-based company, and you know we have like the Cirque du Soleil. So that all like kind of you know gets into the culture a bit and how For people sure. dress, and so that's nice to see. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's very true. And is, are, are there a lot of things happening? Um, obviously not right now, but um, yeah. 
typically is there a lot of like are there a lot of like events are there different organizations that you know of that you can be a member of or anything like that to be able to connect yeah. with more people yeah there's a committee um i forget the name of it but i'm in it there's a fashion committee <laughs> um yeah it's kind of like um a museum but it's more related to art um oh, oh it's called mud yeah oh yes i know i know that organization they seem to be doing yeah. a lot of really cool things and it's such a shame the rest of canada doesn't have access really to it um yeah. or even have their own sort of um organization like it in different provinces i think it would benefit so many people um yeah they really seem very in tune to what's going on um deeply mm -hmm. into the fashion industry and really know how to help a lot of businesses um so yeah, yeah. have you done a lot of events through them or um yeah. anything? no i haven't yet um i haven't been to any yet but i always read like their they always send like a newsletter and it's really interesting the stuff that they cover and that they consider with fashion oh, cool okay and do yeah, you have they do a member? Like, do you, is there a membership requirement to get yeah. letters from them or how does that work? Yeah, there's a whole committee, like a board of directors, and then there's a membership per year. So that's really cool. And the events, like I'm looking forward to going to them now that I have my bags launched. So that's yeah. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, that's cool. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And how would mm -hmm. you say that based on your experience so far, how would you say that maybe the industry in Montreal can maybe improve a little bit? Um, the industry in Montreal can improve when it comes to, hmm, let's see. Well, when it comes to fashion, because Montreal is very um, gaming oriented, tech oriented, okay. IT. Yeah. Um, so a lot of like help for entrepreneurs is mostly towards them. So if you have like a fashion brand or a fashion design uh, that you want to like grow, like they don't consider that too much or they prefer the, uh, the text, that's for sure. So yeah. when it comes to fashion and then design, like they, they need to value that a little bit more. A little more. <laughs> yeah, no. And I would say the same is, um, is how it all works here in Toronto too. We have a very big tech industry as well. And, um, mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of focus on that and for good reason, of course, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I do feel like there is definitely more, um, attention being paid to the tech industry out here too. Um, but it's yeah. good to know, like Canada definitely has a very healthy tech industry and I think that's great because it definitely, um, solves a lot of problems in different sectors and, um, yeah, it does. Uh, yeah, for sure. So it's really good. And sometimes, you know, it can be interesting to partner with, businesses in the tech industry as well so you never know where things can lead yeah. right yeah, yeah thinking that because designers can be very designers know like kind of the background too and they're very architectural too so it For could sure. work as well with um gaming or something can be you know put together yeah absolutely and in terms of being like you know you're a very like fresh startup um in the industry yeah. so um how would you say at this point, um, just from your perspective, how do you think um, we can maybe create more opportunities for Canadian businesses in fashion? What do you think is lacking or what do you think um, we need in Canada or we need to do better for the fashion industry across Canada? Yeah, um, I think is to, you know, promote more local designers and local um local ideas like a lot of things come from let's say the U.S. or Italy uh like Canadian fashion is really nice and very different I find um I don't know if you know Jenny Becker but I used to listen to her watch of her course. yeah, yeah from, from fashion television when I was younger and like you know the way she expresses everything and says it like she's just Oops, my video. She's just very uh, vocal, and I feel like that—that's like the essence of Canadian fashion too. Like, there's so much you can learn, and yeah, we need to just be more, um, more showing of our own, like, Absolutely. our own special. So maybe like <laughs> maybe having a little more support from the media, putting the spotlight on Canadian businesses to really create that 
you know, whole picture perspective of what Canadian fashion is all about. And I think we are missing that, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I, I would agree with that for sure, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. People hear, like, when, when people hear Canadians, they're like, oh, do you live in an igloo? No, but I like, there's a lot of winter fashion that's really interesting and really fun. Like winter season, everyone's like so excited to wear their scarf and their boots. And yeah. then in the spring, there's like a whole different look. Like we have all the seasons and there's like different fashion for every season. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a really good point because there's a lot of places where they don't have all the seasons. So you would think that Canadian brands would be, you know, being looked at a little bit more carefully because um, yeah. we do have um, that demand here. And so we, that demand creates more creativity and, and more um, interesting um, products and stuff like that. So you would think that there would be more attention being paid out here. So um, I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's a yeah. really good point for sure. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I love that, um, you know, you, you seem mm -hmm. like a very accomplished woman and I love supporting um, women-led businesses. So um, I noticed obviously like you're established in the health industry how do you compare your experience so far with the health industry and comparing that to breaking into the fashion industry? Do you think that they're similar or very different? Um, yeah, I think they're very different. <laughs> they're not similar <laughs> at all. Um, but yeah, because fashion is like my baby yeah. and um, fitness and health is like, uh how do you say it? like indispensable so okay. the same thing i see it too when it comes to fashion that's a way of expressing yourself for sure it is which it was is easier to navigate um building your reputation and credibility in the mm -hmm. health industry or is it has it been easier to do that in the fashion industry so far yeah well fashion is new to me it's new to my brand it's new to everything but um, I know fashion and I know people. So I think it helps when you relate something directly. So always relating something to like a solution to a problem, not just showing like a billboard with your product, not just putting it out there, but really getting it like one-on-one -on -one with someone and be like, oh, wow, I need this. This is cool. And it's nice too. And it's pretty. And it helps me like it helps me look good and it solves a problem that I have. Absolutely. So yeah. unfortunately, Startup Fashion Week Montreal was canceled this year, of course, due mm -hmm. to the pandemic. And you were supposed to be one of the brands that we were going to showcase at the runway show. Um, yeah. And it's so disappointing we had to cancel it. Obviously, um, we really didn't have much of a choice. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm curious, what were you looking forward to the most about being part of Startup Fashion Week in Montreal? I was looking forward to just being at a fashion show and being like at a, you know, where I get to see models. Like all of that, like, is so inspiring to me. Like I'm already inspired by my bags and all of that and the women wearing it. And then seeing them in a fashion show, like on models is like a whole other level. So I was so yeah. excited yeah, I would agree. I, I think that a lot of um, people, when they're breaking into the fashion industry, it's almost like a sense of validation, right? Yeah. Um, once you actually see it, um, you know, live in front of an audience even, and you see their reaction. Um, I think a lot of designers um, get a sense of validation when they actually get to see it, see their product in front of other people and seeing the reaction. Um, it definitely helps them, helps motivate them. And sometimes they get great feedback too so you know I think I think that's a really good point is just that sense of validation um, is really important and I know it's so disappointing that we can't be in Montreal this year to host the show um, we were really looking mm -hmm. forward to it um, yeah. you know and understandably every business even you know events like ours our event production is facing all these unique challenges right now so and of course, yeah. you decided uh, before the pandemic happened that you were going to be launching your business um, mm -hmm. at this time. And so I'm curious, how has the pandemic affected your business and the launch of your business? Yeah, 
Um, yeah, I was obviously concerned with that. I was like, hmm, launching a business in a pandemic. But I'm very, yeah, I'm very positive though when it comes to this stuff. And I know, and I did my research, and I know some companies do really well during pandemics. And I always feel like a positive in that, like they grow and they flourish during pandemics because either it's because the people really need that product, like cleaning products, for example, sure, like, yeah, yeah. That boomed like crazy. Yeah. Who knew, um, right? That everybody yeah. would be after toilet paper in 2020. Like, yeah, that was, right? <laughs> that was weird, but um, there's a lot of companies that do really well. So I was like, hmm, people are online. They're not spending on gas as much and on daycare. So that's yeah. a big savings right there. Absolutely. Okay. they're online shopping and that's all you can do all the stores are closed so I was like this is a good time um so I'll still do it <laughs> and uh yeah it went pretty well it went pretty well because well that whole week of pre-launch I was like on the phone on the, on the computer all the time like I worked a lot during that t- that week I was out taking photos at an airport like faking shots like it was oh wow really was fun yeah I went to a mini airport near my place and my boyfriend was there taking shots of me with a bag to do like the corporate girl on the run it was really fun and really crazy too because we were allowed to be there <laughs> <laughs> that's how I am like I just do stuff like I don't care and it works out and then we just run away yeah and yeah. <laughs> And that was really fun and it went it went well because um i was telling my manufacturer how many orders i got in the first four days and he's like wow it's pretty good for a new completely new brand so he's like you're gonna do well oh that's so good that's really great affirmation right because i know that from experience when you're gonna be launching something it's such a nerve-wracking experience like all mm-hmm. the blood sweat and tears that lead up to that moment right of putting it out there and not yeah. knowing what the response is going to be like it's so I know. yeah so it's great yeah. to hear that things have gone well so far yeah it has it's really exciting and now this is just the first phase and everyone's going to get their bags everyone's going to wear it do reviews take photos and then the official launch in september so it's like it just started so that really is excited. so exciting that is really yeah. exciting um <laughs> Can you tell our listeners maybe some of the ups and downs that you've experienced so far from running your business? Yeah, the ups and downs, oh, there's a lot. Um, <laughs> well, like I mentioned last year, like a lot of money goes to waste. That will happen, that's for sure. When you start a brand, you will like meet people that are not really serious or you invest money in something that never went through or like all kinds of things. I even did a whole business plan for these bags all ready for a loan from um a place a business loan and then i never ended up taking it in the end i ended up being self-made self everything all of it was my money i was just like nah i don't need that okay good for you that's amazing yeah. yeah and then um another well the ups is always like knowing that your product is gonna be useful for someone and that it'll be on their shoulders or on them like one day and they'll really like it. And that's like the best feeling, the best part. Absolutely. That's always ups. That always beats and wins over any negative. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't agree more. And I think that I hear that a lot from other designers as well, that, um, mm-hmm. you know, just again, that gratification and that validation really means a lot, right? Because you put so much yeah. into just that one sale. Um, but that's what people don't realize, I think, is what goes on behind the scenes in order to get just one sale. And so yeah. it is a big celebration, right? Um, when you're, especially yeah. when you're starting out, um, every sale <laughs> is such a big, big celebration for sure. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, um, being that, you know, your product and your brand also relates to the health and wellness, um, industry like have you ever partnered or considered because you're new into the um, business have you ever considered partnering with any health or wellness brands is that something that you could maybe benefit from yeah I do um I did a bit with a belly bandit so belly bandit Canada they're like they make these um compressive medically compressed um bands for moms postpartum oh neat yeah it's really nice and it's a band that you wear around your belly after you had a baby so that everything like compresses and comes back together. And they also have like 
compressive socks and some um, leggings and bras and stuff. So they're a nice company that I collaborated with a bit during the pre-launch. And they're okay. really cool, so I like that. And um, what, are, what is their brand called again? Just in case people are listening and want to know. Belly Bandit. So Belly Bandit Canada. And there's okay. the unique one. Cool. Yeah, and I love that. And that's another Canadian business. So supporting again, like another Canadian business doing partnerships. I think that's awesome. So you've already done that partnership. Like that's already something in the works. Yeah. Yeah. And there'll be more in the future too. That's really cool. Um, so I'm curious, um, what is your favorite thing about running your business so far? Uh, my favorite thing is honestly like the inspiration. That's like the best part is the, my bags, like the design that I had made is, um, like a patented look like it looks like a pink sky and pink skies like inspire me so much like I don't know how why but every time I see like a pink sky like I get a million ideas like run through my brain <laughs> and like so cool like that stuff I don't know like design the looks the colors um in the future too I'm looking to like bringing other like sky designs different colors of the sky the galaxy into the look of my bags. Nature really inspires me. <laughs> Interesting. And actually, it's a, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, being that it's a podcast and the fashion industry is so visual, they can't really see your product when we're talking about it. So what, yeah. um, what colors do your products come in? What color do the totes come in right now? Yeah, so it's three colorways. There's all black because I know that, you know, some girls would only want all black bags. So I sure all black. Her name is Kenya. I named the bags. Um, there's Rosella, which is the pink one for Rose. So the pink is very pink, like a flashy highlighter pink with the design, the galaxy pink sky design. Okay. And my favorite is the Sakura tote, uh, which means cherry blossom. That's black and pink. So black on most of the bag. And then there's that pink galaxy design on it. That's amazing. Okay, cool. So yeah, I think it's really important because, um, you know, people are really interested, obviously, in accessorizing and um, even in the athleisure wear, you know, industry, like, I mean, that has blown up so much. It's crazy, actually, how many athleisure wear brands that you see now. And of course, even during the pandemic, I started seeing more loungewear um businesses popping up right um yeah. So, yeah like i think it's really important um looking at you know trends within the athleisure wear industry and what kind of colors are people wearing um yeah and i agree i think like years ago um when athleisure wear started the all black look was like literally just the standard look but now people are more comfortable wearing you know flashy colors like you were saying so um, I think that's really cool that you're, you're kind of, you know, um, creating, starting out with a palette of, you know, black and then a little bit of color here and there. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it's, it's going to match most things and especially the black. So, yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So speaking of athleisure wear, um, do you have a favorite athleisure wear brand? Um, yeah, it's one here in Montreal. It's called Oraki. Oraki oh, is like, okay, cool. Yeah, they're leggings with really nice designs um, on each leggings. Do they yeah. just do leggings only or is it, is uh, that what they specialize in? Yeah, they specialize more in the leggings. I think they do some bras too, but I really like their look and the concept. They're very inspired too by nature and stuff for the design of the, the leggings. So okay. they're all really funky and cool. And it's all from recycled plastic bottles. So that's even cooler. Oh, no way. That sounds so cool. That's really interesting. Actually, yeah. I have to check them out after we end this podcast. So yeah. <laughs> um, thanks for yeah. telling us about them. That sounds really cool. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm also curious, like, because you're so into um, fitness and everything, like, what is your outlet? Like, what kind of... Um, what kind of fitness do you like doing? Oh, I love now it's more um, Pilates and eccentric. So a lot of that. Okay. Um, and I created my own like kind of brand victory centric, okay. which is like that. So it, it focuses a lot on the lower belly, the, the, you know, the pelvic floor, 
um, the glutes, the inner thighs, so really to teach people how to use, you know, how to breathe properly from the diaphragm and to strengthen their core. Interesting. Have you been doing online classes through the pandemic? Yeah, I've been doing virtual Facebook classes oh. online. Yeah, and now back in person. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm curious, how many yoga mats do you personally own? <laughs> <laughs> I have like five. Yeah. I, I have, have a different feeling. <laughs> I had a feeling. I myself, I don't even really do yoga very often, but I somehow have two. And I don't know why I need to, but I have two. So I figured you'd probably have a bunch as well. <laughs> yeah, I just collect colors. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? It's so hard to commit to just one color because they all look so awesome. They all look yeah. so cool. Um, so I completely agree. And, um, any last tips or suggestions or any news that you want to share with our listeners? Um, well, just that my launch, so my official launch is in September, September, 2020. Okay. And hopefully we can have a party for this. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to be with like the quarantine and all of that. Well, not the quarantine, but the whole virus. Um, I would really like a physical like location for a launch party. Yeah, absolutely. It does make so much of a difference when you have that in-person connection because you get a lot of feedback too, right? Um, yeah. So I agree. And hopefully there is an opportunity for that at some point this year. Um, yeah. For sure. Because I think that would be really great for you. Um, yeah. and where can our audience find you online? Yeah, so it's my website, victoryfit.com. So very simple, triple W dot victory fit. So V I C T O R with an I, right? Yeah, I was okay. just gonna say, yeah. V I C T O R I F I T dot com. Okay. Um, there you can click on the athletic tote tab and you can purchase a bag. And, and how much uh, do the bags cost actually? Yeah, so the pre-sale it's eighty-five. So that's okay lower price then it'll be at the official launch with taxes the official launch is going to be with taxes and a little bit more so around 95 i believe for a bag okay. but they're very very functional um, there's a lot of compartments and it's all waterproof um, high quality bags with like gold zippers so very nice small details that really put it together that's awesome. And you know what? Now's a great time to be promoting this because as gyms start to slowly open up, I think you're going to yeah. see a lot of people after being stuck inside for a lot of months, um, definitely flocking their way to the gym, you know, to lose that COVID-19 pounds that a lot of <laughs> yeah. people have been talking about, right? Yeah, um, the quarantine 15. <laughs> yeah, the quarantine 15. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I think now is a great time to be promoting this product, right? Um, yeah. That's awesome. What's your Instagram handle? My Instagram is Victory Fit. So same thing. So okay. on Facebook and on Instagram and then Victory Fit Athletics for the totes. So I have that in my bio. Okay. Um, the Victory Fit Athletics for the functional totes. So I have an Instagram page just for the, the totes. <laughs> awesome. Now, before we end our chat, we're going to do some fill-in-the-blank questions. So I'm going to ask you a couple questions, and you're going to just answer them um, however you feel best. So are you okay with that? Sure, yeah. All right, cool. So I've got five questions for you. So the first one I'm going to ask you is, if you could choose any song to be the anthem of the Victory Fit brand, what would it be? Wow. <laughs> um, wow. Okay. Let's see. Um, I really like, <laughs> I really like old school 90s, like R&B. Okay. So cool. it'll probably be like Mariah Carey. Um, <laughs> I love it. Heartbreaker. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. Okay. Um, number two, if you were presenting your bags at Startup Fashion Week, um, the two people that you would want to be sitting in the front row to see your product would be? Well, first of all, I'd like to say you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank, you. Thank you. I really value your opinion. <laughs> and, uh, well, Okay, this is like far-fetched, but Vera Wang. <laughs> cool. 
Cool. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. That's an interesting um, selection. I love it. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. So number three, <laughs> what I, and by the way, thank you for sitting me beside Vera Wang. That's amazing. Yeah. I'd love to be seen beside her. Um, <laughs> so number three, one word to describe Canadian fashion is? Uh, I say, I would say eclectic. Oh, I love it. That's really smart. I love that word. Um, mm -hmm. I think it does describe Canadian fashion very well. Um, yeah. Number four, something that might surprise our listeners about you is? Mm. Mm. I'm a big hustler. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I all day. <laughs> that's amazing. And I love hearing that response because it's important. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. Number five, last question that I have for you is the last time I supported another creative or another business in this industry was? The last time? Yeah. Uh, like yesterday. Oh, really? <laughs> no way. Yeah. Oh, wow. How did that all come about? Well, it was on Instagram when I saw, because um, I've been promoting black businesses all week, last week okay. too, um, because of what's going on right now. And, For sure. Yeah. No way. That is so cool. I love it. I love that. Yeah. It's so recent. <laughs> I think that's really great. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Rita, for joining us and having this conversation on the Front Row podcast with Startup. You're welcome. It was um, really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's been really fun and really enlightening. And, you know, it's great to see that there's people um, still pushing forward through this pandemic and still making things happen. And I love that, you know, you have gone through a lot of different process to get where you are now. And um, you're mixing your your two passions, it seems like, the health and yeah. fitness with the fashion industry. I think that's really cool and so awesome. Um, so I wish you the best of luck. And um, yeah, and thank you, everybody, for listening also to Startup Fashion Week's Front Row podcast. Um, if you have any suggestions on what you'd like to hear in upcoming episodes, then please reach out to us at Startup Fashion Week on Instagram or email us info at startupfashionweek.com. Thanks everybody for listening.